Alright, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. This is your boy Samuel here, as always. And I got with me my guy, Nick Andre. Say what's up to the people. What's good, bro? It's always a pleasure coming on and talking hoops with you. For sure, for sure. So let's 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 get into some NBA hoops. I figured that we'd start with our two teams that we we both um follow because you know one team's been pretty hot recently and the other team has not we'll start with the team that hasn't been so hot recently my new york knicks of course have been shitting themselves basically on the basketball court to put it in to put it bluntly um start off the season 5 and 1 and ever since the the calendar changed to november it's like it's been a completely different team, below 500 on the month. Defense defense has been pretty bad all season. It's starting to pick up a little bit as of recently. Offense is putrid, one of the worst offenses in the league as of late. Starting unit almost – and the, the whole starting unit is like a minus like whatever at this point, and the bench is like the best five-man unit in the league basically at this point. And it's just a lot of, a lot of uncohesion, incohesion, uncohesion, whatever the term is. But yeah, there's not a lot of cohesion with the Knicks right now. Um, and it looks really ugly. They look like a really bad team. They just lost to the Orlando magic the other night. And Julius Randle was a minus 21 in a six point loss. So that kind of tells you how things are going right now. Yeah, that that definitely doesn't sound good. Honestly, I, I haven't watched the Knicks like past like three games. I want to say probably the last game that I watched with the Knicks was probably the um, the one in Milwaukee where they did end up coming back on um, on the Bucks. But you can just tell, like you know, besides that game, I mean, it has been a struggle. Like they lost to um, Charlotte the other night or last week at least, and then of course those to Orlando again. Like you know, just just really just letting Cole Anthony just kind of get whatever he wants. So the Knicks do have some struggles, um, especially defensively. Um, and it's crazy, though, because like now it's like all these narratives coming about with the Knicks about, I guess, Randall's not true number one. You got to go find somebody else. So I don't really get that. In my opinion, I, I like Randall. I just think Randall has been struggling recently, but I feel like he'll possibly find his way because I feel like without without Randall being the number one guy for you, obviously the Knicks aren't as or like at least nowhere near successful as they can be. So. I don't understand that narrative, but I'm just hoping the Knicks can possibly figure it out. Honestly, I'm looking at the schedule now, and it does look pretty tough, you know, going through like at least like the next like five games. So they play they play Houston on Saturday. Then after that, you got Chicago, L.A., the Lakers, the Suns, the Hawks, and the Nets, and then of course Chicago yeah, again. So it's gonna be it's yeah, it's tough. gonna be it's gonna be a pretty rough schedule now. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they'll beat the Lakers. I feel like I feel like they'll be able to beat the Lakers, especially with that with the way that they're playing right now. But Chicago, who's been one of the top teams in the league, Phoenix is on a roll, so it's going to be kind of tough. So we'll we'll see what um, the Knicks are made of in these next like few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, they like you said, they got a pretty tough schedule coming up. They haven't been able to beat weaker opponents or like teams that they should be beating at this point. And like, yeah, they took a step back from last season. Last season, their identity was all defense. They changed the personnel, but like 
not to the extreme amount where like the defense should be regressing this much. I want to say it's like like the starting unit just doesn't have like chemistry and they just need to get some, but it's like 18 games in, the East is deeper this year. Mm-hmm. There's no time to really mess around with trying to get chemistry. You just got to find something that works. Most of the top teams, most of the top teams in the East currently, it's still early, but like most of them are like bringing in a lot of new players. So like the whole chemistry thing, I'm not really buying it all that much because Wizards, they brought in a haul of players from that Westbrook trade. Mm -hmm. The Bulls changed almost their whole lineup and whole rotation from last year. Like a lot of teams overhauled from last year and like, they're pretty good right now. So it's like, that's not a valid excuse in my opinion. And like a lot of Knicks fans are like, Oh, it's just 15 games. But like I said, like the East is deep teams are getting hot and finding their rhythm right now. The longer it takes, the further down the standings you're going to be. And I don't want to be staring at a playing spot. I don't know how other Knicks fans feel, but I'm not looking at the playing. I don't want to be there. No, I mean I don't I don't blame you on that. And honestly, like just looking at like just looking at the stats for the Knicks, like they gotta they gotta find somebody that can just give them like consistent effort. Like Randall's having his inconsistencies, Kemba's having his inconsistencies, RJ as well. So I think I think if they have a guy that can like like at least set the tone and really become a um, consistent fa- a, a consistent factor through these next few weeks, I feel like that possibly help. But you know they 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 just gotta find that out of somebody. Yeah, and it's been tough because, like, Kemba had it going for a couple games, then he went back to, like, being bad again. Fournier's been awful since basically that first Boston game. Um, Randall, he's had maybe, like, three good games on the year, and, like, as of the last five games, I think he's at a minus 68, which is the worst on the team, averaging three, three assists per game. Almost four turnovers, shooting 38% from the field, 37% from three, and 45% from the free throw line. Jeez. Jeez, man. Like, just abysmal numbers all around. And, like, you look at Fournier and and Kemba, the last five, the last five to six games, they've both been on the bench for the whole fourth quarter. Um, Fournier, last seven games, seven points per game, 37% from the field. 23% from three played five total minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, Kemba Walker last seven games, nine points per game, 38% from the field, 22% from three played 10 minutes total in the fourth quarter benched entire fourth quarter in five games. Just like if you're, if you can't get any production from your starting lineup and you're just relying on your bench to save you all season long that's not a formula that's going to result in a lot of success and i don't know what to say about this team anymore like i'm just like out of words because like i kind of spoke my mind yesterday on um post game spaces on twitter mm-hmm. if you follow the strickland at the strickland right for those listening out there but yeah i kind of expressed like this is just unacceptable like a t a 3 and 11 team with their best player cole anthony going like four for 21 or whatever he was shooting last night you can't lose that game. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. You can't. Especially with an Orlando team that really doesn't have an identity at all. So I'm I'm just hoping that moving forward the Knicks can at least hang their hat starting defensively. Cause I mean it's kinda it's kinda like what you said earlier. Like they they had that defensive identity last year, especially with um Coach Tibbs um um running the way. So 
I'm, I'm just hoping they can ha- that they can hang their hat on that end because I mean I feel like you know when they're when they're a good defensive team it'll lead it'll lead to a lot of other um, opportunities on offense so hopefully something can um can change and they can make some adjustments going forward. Yeah, I've I've seen today's uh, some Knicks fans have been suggesting um switching like Fournier to the bench, bringing in Burks because Burks has like more chemistry with the guys from last year, of course. And like he's able to just like create more. I honestly, and he won't defer to he won't defer to Randall as much as Fournier and Kemba do because like honestly, with Kemba and Fournier, a lot of it is them just playing scared and just like deferring to Randall, and like that just leaves Randall to ISO, and that's not the most effective and efficient way to use him this year anymore. But yeah. I was I was honestly thinking that like even before the season, like just having Fournier like come off the bench, come off the bench and bring that energy, and then you know people were agreeing with me. But I mean, I, I guess I can understand because that that first Boston game, and then like a few other games after that, he was playing pretty well. But I just, I just feel like you know I feel like he's more of a he more he's more of a role player off the bench that that can bring that energy. So I mean, I, I'm not mad at that. I mean, it's, especially with the way Alec Burst played last year, and then of course in the playoffs as well, his his ability to create and be able to get his own shot. So I feel like that can be an adjustment that could work going forward. Yeah, it's just like Dibs got to do something. I agree. He's got to do something. Because, like, at a certain point, it's going to get to 20 games, 25, 30, if you just keep letting this fester and not do anything about it. And then you're just going to be staring at a play-in spot. And, like, ideally, that's not what you want to look at, especially the way we started the season. Mm-hmm. Five and one. Julius looked like himself for the most part. Fournier looked like he was playing pretty well. Kemba looked like he was okay. RJ was starting to get in his stride. And then, boom, this happened. So it's like something's got to change to get some type of fire under these guys. Because whatever's going on right now is not working. And this, like, hopefully, like, this next few game stretches, I mean, I'm just hoping that they can really find their identity. Because if they can get some big wins, get some of these tough teams like Chicago, or LA or Brooklyn, like that, that'll, that'll give them a lot of momentum going forward and help them like really find themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's swing things over to the West Coast with your your team, my favorite player, Steph Curry and the Warriors. They've jumped out to a. I don't want to say surprising because I'm not really surprised. I in my preview in one of my preview pods, I kind of was I was higher on Golden State. Than a lot of people were just because like I thought like they addressed some of their bigger needs in like just like getting smart basketball players, like getting rid of Ubre, Bazemore, Wanamaker, dudes like that just made a, a huge difference for them. Just having guys that know what to do on the court. And I felt like that was gonna be a huge difference because if you just have Steph with like smart basketball players out there that know what to do, mm-hmm. then it's like Steve Kerr's system is gonna work and it's been working so far and they've jumped out to like a I don't want to misquote their record to start the season, but um twelve and two start, top of the Western Conference. Um and right now they're in a little bit of a dog fight with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have been a good scrappy defensive pseudo young team to start the year, so that's kind of um respectable, I guess, but um but yeah, how how you feeling about Golden State so far this year? So let me just say, 
as a fan, you know, when people were asking me like before the season, like during pre- previews and everything, like where I saw Golden State, I was like, you know, what? I mean, they're 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 going to be like a top contender. Like I, I always saw them like at least like a four or five seed, just because we never we don't know when Clay is going to come back. Obviously, Wiseman's still out, and then you know we have a very relatively young team behind um, besides you know Steph, Draymond, and Iguodala. So I didn't really expect them to get off to like a hot start, but. Let me just say, you know, to begin the season, I think I think I think the most important part is that, you know, we, we had a seven game homestand and we took absolute advantage of that. I think the only I think the only game we may have lost was the one against uh, Memphis. So, you know, a lot, a lot of people may call this a fluke just because, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of road games and we're just not really starting off our, like a real road trip. But the Warriors have really been taking advantage of like, you know, the opportunity like, you know, they're one of the top defensive teams. Honestly, Gary Payne, Gary Payne Jr. is probably my MVP of the team just because, you know, with, with his insertion um, into the team, he's been really he's been really able to, like, just, you know, change the whole dynamic on the defensive end, him and Draymond. So I'm definitely happy about that. And, you know, just just like the unselfish ball movement, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you, when you have shooters, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you play around Steph Curry, like, you know, you're going to get the ball. Like, Jordan Poole is having a good season. Um, who else can say? Damian Lee. Uh, Bielitsa off the bench. I love Bielitsa as well. Um, you know, and, and the rest of those guys. Andrew Wiggins is having a pretty good year. So, you know, I'm really loving what I see from Golden State. I really, I mean, that that Brooklyn game at least like kind of solidified me. Just really let me know that like, all right, all right, we're 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 really a team to be reckoned with. So, we're still anticipating the Clay return. I'm just hoping that Clay can just really come in and just you know buy in with the rest of the team, build that chemistry as time goes forward. But I'm definitely excited with um, with, with what Golden State has right now. Yeah, and with Clay, I think like there's like less pressure for him to come in and just like be Clay Thompson again right. because like the team is already rolling right now without him. So like he could just come in and like fill a role to start things off and just play a simple 20 minutes. He doesn't have to like rush himself back. He doesn't have to defend the best player on the other team like he had to before. Like he can really ease his way into things because of the way the team is flowing right now. And that's like a huge plus because like come playoff time when he really gets his legs under him and like he's fully adjusted to everything and they need him to step it up just a little bit he can do it and like he'll add on to what they already have and it's just like it's crazy because like a lot of people didn't see golden state being one of those teams that's like gonna be at the top this year but like you see lebron age and attrition factoring in with not just him but like the whole Lakers squad, which I called before the season, I said the Lakers were going to deal with injuries all year mm-hmm. because they are one of the, they are not, I think they are the oldest team in the league. And when you are the oldest team in the league, it comes with these type of things. And that with like the factor of Russell Westbrook being a huge wild card, I was already low on the Lakers to begin with. So that's why I was higher on Golden State. But yeah. I mean, when you pair all that in, it's like it's a recipe for the for the Warriors to like stay at the top. I mean, Phoenix is like Phoenix is to be reckoned with as well. Mm-hmm. Like you see right now, they're on a ten game win streak. But like for me, it's like Warriors and then like Suns and then whoever else at the top, because like yeah, definitely. It's 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 it's, it's, it's the West is theirs right now. To be honest. I honestly agree with you, man. Because I mean, like, especially like when you look at other teams. I mean, you, I mean, you, you touched on it. I mean, the Lakers, you know, having their having their issues. Um, the Suns are the Suns are actually right behind us. Um, Denver, Denver is a team that you know that's good, but it's like you know, do you really believe in them? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe once Jamal Murray comes back, then I maybe believe in them. But as of right now, like, I, I don't see them being, 
anywhere near our Golden State's level. So, I mean, honestly, like when you look at the West, the West is really like right there in our hands. Like all we got to do is just like, you know, just keep the consistency rolling and just, you know, and just, you know, capitalize. So this this is honestly a really big year for us just because, you know, after KD had left in 2019, you know, there was always questions saying like, you know, will the Warriors be back? Will the Warriors, you know, be a dynasty again or at least like a championship contender? And everybody was basically saying no. So for them to come into this year and have a hot start, and not even have clay back yet like that 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 really shows something for our team yeah and like i think the addition of wiseman also is kind of underrated in a way Mm -hmm. because like it's become like it's become a joke like everyone's like oh wiseman lol like whenever people mention um clay and wiseman coming back but like wiseman is just like if he could be better than what Looney is doing this year, because, like, Looney hasn't really looked the best, and I think the injuries have caught up to him, even though he's, like, still type young. Right. Like, injuries have caught up to him. He's not able to be as mobile and whatnot or, like, do everything that Golden State wants him to do in the minutes that he provides. But if Wiseman could be better than that, then, I mean, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be set. Exactly. And, like, they've been, like, they're like top three in both offense and defense to start the year, going back to like the way it used to be when like they were, I think it was the 2016 squad, I want to say it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, Warriors, they 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 coming out, sending a message to the rest of the league. Steph is um looking like an MVP front runner right now. Um Yeah, I mean there's not really much else to say. I mean, right. looking at the schedule, I mean, they're on a Eastern Conference little road swing right now. But, like, when you – hold up. When you, when you look at, like, who they have coming up, they got Detroit, Toronto, Philly, Portland, Clippers, Phoenix – Almost all those games are winnable, mm-hmm. which is crazy. They've beaten the Clippers before. Portland's not that good. Philly, I don't know if they're gonna have Joel Embiid by then. Probably not. Even then, we might probably and still then, win that one. Yeah, and then you got Phoenix, who's like smoking hot right now, and like that game is probably gonna be a battle, definitely. But but other than that, I feel like they can win. They can win out the rest of the month, to be honest. Oh, definitely, without question. But I mean, just just touching back on the Wiseman situation, I think that's probably one of my concerns is that you know how is Steve Kerr going to be able to utilize him in the offense? Just because Wiseman's probably the first like really skilled like big man that Steve Kerr has had to have. I mean, we know we we know the presence that he could possibly bring defensively, especially especially with his its length and his wingspan. But Wiseman is actually a pretty skilled player, so it's like, how do you, how do you get him touches around the basket or like you know around the mid post area? So I think I think I think that's one thing that maybe um, maybe Coach Kerr will, will try to figure out once he comes back. Yeah, and I've seen like I've seen clips of him working on his like post game. He looks like he's working on like getting his like footwork right and like just being able to make simple post moves. And I feel like just doing that type of stuff alone would be huge because he wasn't able to do that type of stuff last year. And I think that's just a result of him not playing so much organized ball during that time frame. But yeah, I mean, Warriors are going to be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, 
even like the contributions they're able to get from their rookies so far, it allows them to go like 12, 13 already without Clay and Wiseman. You got Kumenga, who's giving you great minutes defensively, just being able to cut, knowing what to do. He's a great passer, too. Mm -hmm. And then Moses Moody, he hasn't shown a lot so far, but like what he can do if he starts to like get some type of rhythm with like shooting, shooting off the dribble, even passing, too. He knows how to cut really well, something I noticed in preseason. It's just like they got a really deep squad and like I mean strength in numbers is back. So it's like Yeah, it is. And this is honestly like and yeah, I, th- I think this does kind of remind me of that twenty sixteen squad, especially like when you look at the depth that we have. Um, you know, back in sixteen we had guys like Sean Levy, Stan Barbosta, and you know, and other guys. So I think I think now we might we might actually have even better like an even better supporting cast this year compared to back then. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what we can do this year going forward. Yeah. So, um, switching gears over to looking at the standings and just going through some teams. What have we noticed from those teams? Um, actually, before we get into that, I do want to know, I do want to bring this up because I just saw it on the timeline about um Sixers and Pistons they have discussed the trade for Ben Simmons and it was most likely Jeremy Grant and like a young player probably like Sadiq Bay or something like another contract to fill and um a pick to Philly for Ben Simmons wow i'm surprised Kate Cunningham is not in that conversation yeah, P- Pistons probably were like hell. No, yeah, you're not getting Cade. I mean, honestly, at, but how do you how do you how do you feel about that? I mean, at, at this point, Philly should just take anything for Ben because I mean, honestly, I mean, it's I mean, it's obvious he's not going to play. I mean, you know, he has these excuses like you know he's like visiting doctors or whatever. I, I don't even know like the full story of it, but I mean, it, it's it's clear. I mean, the the front office knows it, and he knows it that you know he's not going to play this year, so. Honestly, I definitely did not see Detroit as being like a destination. I don't even know if that's what Ben prefers, but if that's if that's if that's when he if that's when he needs to get done to get Ben out of there, then you know I'm down for it. Yeah, I've been a huge proponent of the let's end this Ben Simmons um debacle, conundrum, whatever word you want to use. Let's just end this saga because it has been some of the most annoying stuff. So far, it's been so annoying that I muted his name on Twitter because I just don't want to see anything that has to do with him because it's like, I'm tired of the news. If it's not a trade, I don't want to see it, really. I don't. No, I agree. Like, that's how annoyed I am with it because it's like, it's just exasperating the situation that just doesn't need to go to that length. It could have been resolved with a simple trade and then we're done with it. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's, especially like, especially as the season has came on, like, you know, I've, I've, I've still seen people like talk about it. Like, I, I think, I think I even saw a poll on somebody's Twitter just basically asking like, how do you, how do you feel about the Ben Simmons situation? And I reply like, I really don't even care at this point, to be honest. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just, it's just annoying after, after so long, especially like, you know, like, honestly, like I, I wasn't like, I, I was honestly even surprised that Ben even like went back to the team and like even practice, to be honest, because I mean, he seems so adamant. on like, you know, I, I don't want to see any of those guys. I don't want to be around them. So for him to, to for him to even go back and then get kicked out, like the first practice, it was just kind of like a waste of time or whatever. So 
at that point, I was just like, you know what I mean? I'm done with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's more things in the NBA to focus on than just, you know, the whole Ben Simmons drama. You know, whenever a trade happens, it happens. You know what I'm saying? So, but, I mean, besides that, I haven't really even cared that much about it since. Yeah. So, the sooner they could get this trade done, if if that's what's going to happen with Detroit, then, then get it done. I mean, I probably would have settled. I probably would, If I was the Sixers, I probably would have done that, that Levert-Brogdon package. Honestly, because the Sixers need perimeter creation. Mm-hmm. This Pistons package, this Pistons package doesn't really provide that. Mm-hmm. Like they need a they need a guard out there, like a lead guard, and they're not getting that with Grant or Sadiq Bay or none of that. So, I mean, good for the Philly if they can get something for him, but like this wasn't the best deal, and I it's feel like not at so- all. Yeah, so it's like but I feel like you know they they have to settle because honestly, like there's no other teams that are really pushing for Ben. Like I think I think that's what Ben kind of expected though, is that you know once he requested a trade that you know everybody was just going to come out of their way. But I mean, I think he has to realize like he's not he's not Harden, he's not Kawhi Leonard. Like you know, what I'm saying like back when those guys had had won it out from um from their team. So I, th- I think I think at this point Philly just got to take whatever's offered him because nobody's really you know going out of their way saying you know we want Ben Simmons. Yeah, and I know Ben wanted to go to Cali, but Detroit's going to have to do for now. Yeah. It sucks, but... All right, so, yeah. I mean, but, like, he... This is the way they wanted to approach the situation. I mean, it's... A, it's it, they're, they're both at fault, the Sixers and Ben and Rich Paul, for all addressing this the way that they have, but it is what it is at this point. I agree. All right, so let's look through standings and just, like, observations we've seen with certain teams. Um, Let's start in the East, of course. Washington has jumped out to a surprising start, 10-4. and four. Um, And, like, it's not even like Beal is, like, killing it and, like, that's what their season is hinging on. It's like they've got depth yeah, they do. now. They've got like serious depth, and like it's been really interesting to see like the different guys that have been stepping up. Montrez, um, Denny has played well in some games. KCP, Dinwiddie, like they don't even have Rui yet. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like and Rui or um, Thomas Bryant, and those are like pretty good players. Yeah. So, like, adding those type of guys to this team just adds to their depth. And it's, like, it's going to be interesting to see how they look when they're fully healthy. Um, Hopefully, you know, Rui gets his mind right. I know he was out for mental health reasons. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully he gets what he needs to get together. And hopefully he's right so he can come back and help this team because they've been an interesting story. I mean, before in the past, it was, like, Bradley Beal or bust. Now it's like Bradley Beal actually has some help. So it's been interesting. Um, how you feel about the Wizards? I mean, I'm I'm honestly surprised that they even got up to this hot start. I mean, like coming into the season, like I, I knew with like with their depth, you know, especially in that Westbrook trade, they were they were able to get some guys like KCP, Trez, and Twos, but I definitely did not expect them to be like a, a top seed in the East thus far. Like I expected them to be like in that play in area. 
So for them to be even like able to get off to a hot start like this is just you know so super impressive. I mean, it's kind of like what you said earlier. Like Beal hasn't really had to like really go off this year. Like at least like compared to like how he's been like the past few years. So for him to not to, for him to like kind of take a backseat offensively and letting other guys like KCP, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, and you know the rest of those guys who just you know kind of kind of kind of help lead the way. I, th- I think it's like I think it's just really impressive. So. I'm very interested, you know, to see, you know, Rui come back. Because I feel like, you know, once once Rui comes back, that's definitely going to change the whole dynamic of the team. Obviously, Thomas Bryant as well. But, I mean, besides that, they got so much, like, great great um, depth depth upon them. Like, you know, like, Denny, Denny's having a really good year as well, especially defensively. Um, Corey Kispers came off the bench, played pretty well. Uh, what's the guy's name? Raul Neto has played pretty well as well. So, the Wizards really have a pretty solid team. And, I, I really think that this is going to be a team that's going to be at least like top five or top six in the East, like as, as the, as the season progresses. Yeah. With the wizards for me before the season, I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if defensively they were going to be good enough to like stick with teams just because, like, before in the past, defense was their issue, and they didn't really add anyone that was like, oh, these are defensive pieces. This is going to be a defense team. Like, that's not what that's not the vibe I got from the Wizards this offseason. So, like, I want to take a look to see what their defensive rating is just because I want to see if, like, my prediction for their defense was was correct and like they're just still overcoming it with like way better offense but um as of right now defensive rating they're fifth in the in in the league their offense is 17th so defense defensively they are like that's their bread and butter right now basically right. which surprises me because it's like they don't really have defensive personnel no they don't at all on the team like especially like when you think about it like none of those guys bro probably the only guy like i can think of that's really known for like his defensive presence is daniel gafford right now but like besides that like no one else is really known. well or, or, well kcp too but i mean besides those two i can't really think of like, anybody that's really known for like their defense yeah i mean you put a, a team full of like neutral I mean not even to me they weren't even neutral they were like negative defenders to me at least last year and you put those type of guys on the court I mean I probably I mean that's just probably a testament to the coaching because like you saw last year with the Knicks they didn't have a team full of like defenders like so many like defensive like stalwarts it was just like guys just bought into what the coach was was doing so shout out to Wes Unseld for getting those guys to to buy in defensively. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Like he's definitely a different coach compared to um Scotty Brooks last year. I think with Scotty with Scott Brooks, it's like um with Scott Brooks, the his voice probably just got got like it's just it's just oh man, I forgot how do they say it. It's like they got tired of his voice, I guess, in that locker room because, like, he's been there for so many years. So it's right. like he he wore out his welcome, and it's like he just wasn't the guy for them. Right. And sometimes it just that that happens, right? And, in the NBA, and it's crazy too because, especially like with Westbrook being there, like 
I really thought that, you know, that they would be like a top team last year in the East just because of, you know, Westbrook and um, Brooks having that history together being at OKC. So I thought I, I thought that would have been a major factor as well, you know, and why the Wizards would have been good last year. But unfortunately, you know, it didn't really happen until like, you know, later in the year. Yeah, so looking so looking towards um second in so looking towards um second in the east. Um you got the Brooklyn Nets. They're another team that is surprisingly better on defense than I expected. Mm-hmm. They are eighth in the league defensively, defensive rating wise. Sitting at eleven and five. They just won against the Cavs. Um Last night, we're recording this as of Thursday night. So Wednesday night, they beat the Cavs by 10 after getting smoked by the Warriors at home on Tuesday. So, like, we all know what's going on with the Nets as of, like, Kyrie not being able to play. James Harden looks like he's regressed somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, And, like... Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to gauge the ceiling of this team because it's like we know Kyrie is most likely not going to get the the shot. Like he is someone that's like strong willed. Mm-hmm. He's not really gonna waver from his stance. Um, and then James Harden. James Harden looks pathetic. So it's like I don't know how to gauge this team. To me, the Nets are always a second round out. I called it last year. I'm calling it again. If Harden continues to look like this, they're a second round out, and I'm probably being gracious saying even that. But, yeah, I mean, they hang their hat on defense because it's like it's basically KD or bust if James Harden doesn't have it going for one of his random nights that he feels like scoring these days now. So it's like it's KD or bust, and then hoping that one of the role players has a hot night. I remember one night in – Chicago, even though they lost, it was like LaMarcus Aldridge was going mm-hmm. on. But, like, yeah, it's like they got to rely on KD to go nuclear, and then hopefully James Harden is somewhat decent, and then a role player steps up. And that's not a formula to be a contender in the NBA. No, it's not. So, I, so the Nets aren't a contender to me as long as Kyrie isn't there. And, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the Nets? I think as long as you have KD, I mean the, the Nets are always going to be there just because just because I mean he's that great and I mean I I, I will agree I will agree with you that Harden has not had the good year like like you, you can just tell that you know this new rule that that has been placed in the NBA like I think it's really affected him offensively like you know he's not able to get to the free throw line he's not able to really get his numbers like he normally did so it's definitely it's definitely played a role in why and why he's not really having the best season even though he has had some games where, you know, where, where, you know, he has shown like, you know, his old self, but you know, it just hasn't really been on that consistent factor, but it's, it's just tough though, because, you know, KD, you know, if Harden, if Harden is not, you know, having a good night, like, you know what I'm saying? Who is your next guy? I mean, I know we mentioned LaMarcus Aldridge, but you don't, I mean, I, it's like, you know, especially like, you know, how, how old Aldridge is like, you know, you can't really expect that out of him to like drop like 20 plus points a night or really just like be your third option. So that's why, I don't know. I'm thinking like guys like Patty Mills, maybe Joe Harris, you know, some other guys, like some other great scores. I'm, I'm really hoping that Cam Thomas could possibly see some more minutes, you know, hopefully soon. But also like, uh, like honestly, also another big factor in why the Nets haven't really been that great is, um, is Steve Nash. Cause I mean, Steve, some of Steve Nash's rotations to me are just kind of weird. Like I'm not really understanding it. 
maybe maybe you can give him that excuse that you know that he you know he's still a relatively new coach, but you know still it's just kind of like you know I'm, I'll be just looking at him like yo like what are you doing? So I'm just hoping that I mean Brooklyn I mean they are they are eleven and five I believe so it's not a technically bad record, but through the course of the, like earlier this season like they have had the struggles against some of the top teams like I mean obviously they obviously they lost to Milwaukee at, um the first game of the year they lost to um. They lost to Golden State the other night. They got smoked by them. They lost to Miami um, earlier in the year. So I guess like a lot of like the top teams that we consider contenders, they haven't really been that great. So hopefully, hopefully Brooklyn can hopefully switch it around and find some momentum going soon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm always low on the Nets just as like because I'm a hater <laughs> and like that's just that's just always gonna be how I am feeling about the Nets, but like. They're really proving me right. I mean, they still they still got enough talent to like get their way to like a top four seed in the East. But like come playoff time, if they meet like a team like Miami, even Milwaukee, if Milwaukee starts to get their shit together. Even Chicago at this like, point. Chicago, yeah. Like a lot of these teams could like easily take them out. And it's just like James Harden got to shape it up because Kyrie's not walking through that door. Yeah, unfortunately not. I mean, especially since I want to say it was the um, New York governor that did, that didn't lift the mandate for um, for the vaccine. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think Kyrie's going to come back this year, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's another year wasted off these contracts from the Nets. I mean, we'll see how things go. We'll see if James Harden. Gets back to normal. I mean, before a lot of people were saying, "Oh, you know, give Harden the benefit of the doubt." You know, he usually starts off season slow. It's been almost a month now, and it's like he still looks bad. And at this point, I don't think he's like playing his way into shape. I think he's just like he's regressed. And you know that happens to some players; they just regress. And it's not it's not pretty at all. Like I said earlier, I mean, this. The, I think I think this new rule is affecting a lot of these players. Like Harden's one of them. Dame Dame is another guy. Um, Tatum Tatum um, Trey Young. So it's like you know, like I think a lot of the guys, like you know, they really have to use their use their skills to really like figure out how to score because you know, obviously, I mean, like the whistle's not going the way anymore. Yeah. Um. Let's look at like. We got Chicago up next. Chicago's tied with uh, Miami, ten and five. Um, Chicago's been they've been a they've been a really good team to start the year. Um, I wasn't really high on Chicago, so I got to eat crow right now, which I hate to do. I do too, honestly. I, I I just didn't see it with them because it's like, first off, defend. I thought like defensively they would be way worse than they are right now and they've been like they've been a top 10 defensive team a top 10 offensive team like they've just surpassed what i thought they were capable of and like because like when you look at the team it's not really full of like defenders like that like okay they got um Lonzo and Caruso at point of attack. And then they got Javante Green, who's, I guess, pretty good at defense as well. But, like, Zach Levine was not someone I was seeing as defensively capable. 
Patrick Williams, I mean, he's he's out now. He was probably someone I thought that was going to carry the defense, really. Vucevic is not really a defensive center, so it was just like I never really saw where the defense was going to come from. But I guess collectively, just buying in, and like now they're playing like small, a smaller. They're playing smaller ball because like yeah, um, what's his name with Vucevic what's out, his name? They, Tony Bradley with Pat Williams. Yeah, they have Tony Bradley in, in in at center, and then they play Caruso at the four with DeRozan in them. So it's just been interesting. Um. And I thought with their recent their recent schedule, I thought they would fold a little bit because like they would they've been playing a lot of better teams in the league, or at least I thought these teams would be better. Right. Um, I didn't realize Philly was not gonna have Joel Embiid for some of those games. Um I didn't realize um I didn't realize Portland was still gonna struggle at this point and like no, they lost to Portland, so what am I saying? But, yeah, I, I guess um I thought the Clippers would beat them, and I thought the Lakers would um, put up more of a fight than they did in that game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, how you how you feeling about Chicago? Because I think you were also low on Chicago to start the year, too. Coming into this year, I had the Bulls as the sixth seed just because, I mean, I, I was, obviously defense was definitely one part, but I, I didn't know how the dynamic of Levine – and DeRosa would mesh on the floor. But just looking at this year, they they might be the best duo in the league. Like, especially with the way that they are able to really feed off of one another and just score at a high level. Like they're really carrying these bulls. And I'm 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 very I'm very proud of DeRosa. I definitely did not expect this type of year out of DeRosa. I mean, he he had a he had a strong game against um against the Clippers that Sunday and then and, and then he and then he carried the load even on even on that Monday against um against the Lakers. So the Bulls, the Bulls are just locked in, really, you know, on both ends of the floor, and you and you, and you see it out there on the floor. So I'm, I'm really hoping that they can just, I'm really hoping that they can contain this or sustain this and just, you know, keep it going because this, this, this team has really shown me that they are a top team in the in the East. So as of right now, I do think that they are better than Brooklyn. I don't know if I have them over Washington yet, even though I can probably make a case that they are like at least like a better team. They may not have a better record, but they might be a better team. But I think Chicago's gonna 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 keep this going throughout throughout the course of the year. Yeah, they probably could. Um, I do want to say this one thing. I called it out on Twitter the other day too, because it was really bothering me. It's like this referendum on DeRozan's like career or something like. First of all, someone was saying, oh, Masai screwed him over by trading him as if, like, getting Kawhi was, like, some, like, crime or something. And then I'm also seeing, like, people saying, oh, well, first of all, Chicago Bulls fans, they've been, I mean, what feel happy about your team, whatever. Taking victory laps on DeMar DeRozan um, in the regular season is not the thing to do. He's always been awesome in the regular season. That's never been a criticism of his, ever. It's the playoffs. That's true. Literally, what was it, eight, nine months ago in the play-in game? Five for 21? Come on. Oh, yeah. The evidence bad. is everywhere, and it's consistent every single year. Right. Enjoy the regular season right now. That's all I'm going to say. Just enjoy it. When the playoffs come around, I will be back. I'll have my revenge. I'll be back. I'll be back, though. 
they can enjoy the DeMar DeRozan MVP campaign. He's playing like an MVP can- candidate right now. I'll give him that. He is playing like one. But when the playoffs roll around and the boogeyman is lurking over his shoulder, I'll be back because it's going to happen. It's like a consistent thing. It's not me hating on DeRozan. It's just me speaking on a matter of fact. Like, Just look at the on-off numbers every single year with DeRozan. This is the first year he's been in, like, since his, like, I think second or third year. He's been a positive, and he's been, like, a plus 20-something. So, like, shout-out to DeRozan. He's been killing it this year. Um, We'll see how the playoffs look, but, like, someone shows you who they are. Believe them. No, that's true. And I mean, honestly, like that—that that was one of that was like a that was like one of the concerns that I have with Chicago is that I mean, I've, I've, obviously they came out to this year on a good note, but it's like you know, the team like besides like DeRozan or Caruso and then somewhat Vucevic, like this team doesn't really have like a lot of playoff experience. Like Lonzo's never been in the playoffs. I don't think Zach Levine's been been into the playoffs. Like you know, what I'm saying nope. like you got a lot of guys who have you know never been a part of the atmosphere. So that's where you know you that's where you can give teams like Miami or even Brooklyn. Or even 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 the Knicks at this point, like you know, what I'm saying like an advantage just because I mean they they've been in those situations and they and they understand like what comes with it. So the Bulls are still a re- relatively young team. They they are having a good year, but now, but I, but I mean, it's kind of like what you said. I mean, what can they do in the playoffs? Yep, that's where things get tested because my Knicks last year. I mean, Bulls have players that are more suited for the playoffs just because of their play styles, but like. Man, does it get tense in those playoff situations. I mean, Knicks played like absolute garbage for like the first two games. And they still almost came out to a 2-0 lead. They lost on a last-second shot in the first game, even though Julius Randle pissed on himself. And, but yeah, playoffs is a different beast. That's all I'm going to say. And like with DeMar DeRozan on your team, Zach Levine's going to have to do a lot of carrying offensively more often than he thinks. So... I'm just warning Bulls fans now. If you're a Bulls fan, listen. I'm not hating on you. Enjoy it. I I I had to. I got to enjoy regular season success for the first time last year since I was in middle school. So like, I know how y'all feel. So like, enjoy it. But like, when playoffs roll around, I'm telling you, different beast. Yeah, but unfortunately, but I mean, but then again, I mean, shout out to the Bulls. They're definitely having a really good year. Um, Levine, Levine just keeps looking more comfortable offensively. Like, I mean, I, I was watching to give me his goal to state. And I mean, he was just having a really good shooting out offensively. And he, and he looks just super comfortable, like, you know, getting into his shots, whether it's three point shots, whether it's working around the mid range. So I, I, I definitely love what I'm seeing from Levine this year. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely taking a step or another leap like every season. And then getting into Miami. I'll make Miami brief just because, like, uh, I guess a lot of people already expected them to be good. Yeah. And I guess, like, I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd be better suited for playoff basketball just because, like, they have, like, guys that have been battle-tested in Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. um, PJ Tucker has been in some playoff battles, just won a championship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, The Morris brother, even though – he got clocked by Jokic and has been out recently. Um, Tyler Hero looks good. I'll give him that. I hate to give Tyler Hero props, but I have no choice. He's looked pretty good. Um, yeah, but um, Duncan Robinson's been looking a little yeah. shaky in the light. Yeah, I mean, it's something. It's something about shooters when they get paid, they just turn into like absolute dog shit. Like the Joe Harris, Bertans. Duncan Robinson, um, 
I don't know how Bogdanovich has been doing. I don't know if he's been like lighting it up or nothing in, in Atlanta or something. I just haven't realized he got paid. He hasn't really been all that excellent. Um, and then um, my guy, Evan Fournier, my team's guy, Evan Fournier got paid too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, something about paying shooters. If you had an opportunity to pay a shooter, don't do it in the NBA, apparently. But, um, yeah, how you feeling about Miami? It's kind of like what you said. I mean, I think a lot of people expected them. In my opinion, like, I, I thought Miami had the best offseason just because, like, they they were able to bring in guys that, that just fit that culture. Like, Kyle Lowry's a guy that fits that culture, but, you know, with his toughness. P.J. Tucker fits that toughness. Um, Marquise Morris fits that, uh, fits, that, uh, fits that culture. So it's like... To be able to add those guys in alongside of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and the rest of those guys, like I, I felt, I felt like I felt like that was like the perfect pairing. So, Miami's Miami's my team to get to the conference finals this year, just because just, just because of like you know they 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 are playoff they are playoff tested or they they will be playoff tested and they will and they will be able to um, rise to their cages in those battles. So, you know, obviously, I mean Tyler Hero was having a pretty solid year. Jimmy Butler was um was everyone's MVP candidate for a minute. And I mean, and of course, you know, Kyle Lowry's been able to uh, play good all, I mean, alongside Bam and Abio. So everything, everything that Miami is doing right now, it really has a surprise me. Just because, I mean, when, when you look at this roster, like they they're just they're just made for like they're just a really tough team like to um to play with. They are for sure. They want to be physical with you, and apparently, they don't like to be played physical as well. Right. Seeing from that Denver game. That's also what I didn't but, get either. Like you know, what I'm saying, especially considering that that Morris like literally elbowed him in the rib, and then as soon as Jokic retaliates, now it's all of a sudden like the worst thing. And then and then you got Jimmy Butler yelling at him like like yelling at him, cussing him out, talking about come to the back and everything. Like come on, y'all. Like what are y'all doing? It's all an act. People gotta stop falling for that Jimmy Butler tough guy act, man. He was standing right next to Jokic, ain't do shit. As soon as they got separated and they was all the way on the other side of the court from each other, Jimmy Butler started barking like a dog again. It's an all a act from Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I am a Jimmy Butler fan, but yeah, I mean, he it does kind of make him look bad, especially especially when you look at the replay. He he was literally right there, and like people wanted to give him that excuse about like you know, oh, he had his um he had his back turned, but still, I mean, like he he could have he could have retaliated right then, like once he turned once he turned around. Yep, easily. Easily. Um, last team in the East to go over, because we kind of spoke about the Knicks. That's like already five teams. Charlotte. Charlotte's been um Charlotte's been a fun team. They started off hot. They cooled off a little bit. They just beat the the two top teams in the conference, in each of the conferences, the Warriors and Wizards, back to back games. So they're like starting to come back up a little bit. They're on a four game win streak now. Um but yeah, I mean Miles Bridges has taken the leap. LaMelo Ball still looking pretty solid. Gordon Hayward looking pretty good and he's healthy. You know if he's healthy he's going to produce for you. Um Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels, they've they've surprised me as being like competent role um Rotation players mm-hmm. consistently. Um, Even Ish Smith as well, somewhat. Yeah, when they play him, they haven't really played him that often. Yeah. But yeah, when he does play, he does give them solid backup um, point guard minutes. 
And then I'm not even gonna speak on um Kelly Uber because that dude is a con- a conundrum. Like I don't understand him. Um, but yeah, since Terry Rozier came back, I think that's when they started to finally get their rhythm because like they were missing that more of an offensive punch. And I feel like with him out there, they don't have to rely on other guys as much as they were relying on them to start the season. So he's been pretty solid for them, averaging about 15 and a half per game. So, you know, they're going to be in the mix. Like I said, the East is deep this year. If you're starting out playing pathetically, it's going to be really hard to climb your way out of that hole. But how are you feeling about Charlotte? Charlotte Charlotte's a good team, but, you know, like, you know, they, they did start out hot, but, you know, as soon as, like, you know, they kind of, like, had, like, a little struggle, like, I wasn't even surprised by it. Like, I mean, like, the Hornets are a very young team. You know, I'm not really expecting them to, like, you know, be, be, be like, in that top contention, like, with, with uh, Chicago, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn, or whatever. So, you know, I, I think I think they're a pretty good team. They're probably – I think they're more so going to be in the playing again. So, I'm not really surprised with, you know, with how they're playing. Um, I mean, again, I mean, Miles My, Bridges definitely – I think he definitely has to be up there, at least as far as, like, you know, a most player candidate just, you know, with him being able to take the leap. Um, he's averaging around, like, 21 a game. It's crazy because Kelly Oubre was, like, it, like to begin the year, Kelly Oubre was, like, looking really solid to me. But somehow throughout like, these last, like, maybe few weeks, it's just, like, kind of, like, been, like, what the world, what in the world are you doing? It's, it's kind of, it's, he's kind of starting to look like how he did last year at Golden State. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of looking bad for him right now, like, but I mean, but I mean, besides, I mean, um, Charlotte has a pretty has a really good depth. Um, Rosier is playing pretty well, um, you know, and, and other guys as well. So Charlotte is right where I kind of like where I expected them to be. You know, a pretty good team, but then again, like not too high up there, like with the other contenders. Yep, I mean, they're a fun team. If they playing, I will always definitely tune into what they doing, just because like they are fun and their games are exciting i i remember their game against my knicks obi toppin went for a windmill and then a couple possessions later here comes miles bridges to return the favor and it's just like even though they beat us i feel like that was like that was a really fun sequence to like experience watching live um it wasn't fun in the moment but like afterwards when i rewatched i was like that that was pretty cool like the Hornets are fun, so you know it's always fun. It's always good to have a fun young team that's actually good too, because like there's fun teams, fun young teams that are bad, and it's just like, are are they really developing, or is it like, are they just like playing well because like they're just given this opportunity? So it's good to see it read to lead to some actual results. I agree. Um, let's. Let's head over to the West. We spoke about Golden State already. Kind of spoke about Phoenix. Not so much, though. Phoenix, they, they didn't have Aiton for a lot of these games in this win streak, so that's that's kind of made the win streak impressive mm-hmm. within itself. But they also haven't played opponents that are really, like, up there. They played the Pelicans. They played the Rockets twice. They played the Kings. They played Atlanta. Atlanta's been pretty bad to start the year. Um, Portland hasn't really been that well. Um, Minnesota is another team that really hasn't played that well. That one went down to the wire where it took D'Angelo Russell chucking up so many bad shots and Anthony Edwards 
fumbling a pass. Well, not even a pass, fumbling the ball in his hands to like lose the game. Like it took some crazy shit for the, the for the Suns to win that one. And like I don't want to I don't want to like poo poo all over their 10 game win streak, but like looking at it deeper, it's just like they didn't really play a lot of good teams. The one the best team they played was probably Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, the best team they probably played was Memphis in this whole thing. And Memphis right now is Oh man. What is Memphis right now? They are six and six right now. So they they're I mean, they're they're kind of in the same boat as um as Charlotte was. You know, Charlotte got off to the hot start, Memphis did the same thing, and then they started hitting like a little slump. So I think I think Memphis is right like right in the same stratosphere as Charlotte is. Yeah, and that's the best team that the Suns beat in this win streak. Again, Suns fans. Not poo pooing on your ten game win streak. Shouts to y'all for especially doing it without DeAndre in for a lot of these games. But I will say, I don't, when do they even play comp? Like I'm looking, Denver is like Denver's not really comp right now, just because like Murray is not there. Um, they play the Knicks soon. The Knicks are not really comp. Knicks are awful right now. The Nets, depends on what type of night you catch them on. So their real comp is going to be Golden State all the way at the end of the month. And I'm not saying, like, they're just going to win all the way up until that matchup, but, like, they should have a pretty they have, they should have a pretty easy going up until then. So we'll see what happens when they play against Golden State and then head into December. They do play... Golden State again on the third, so it's gonna be interesting to see that. But yeah, I mean, shout out to them; they doing their thing. Um, Devin Booker, I know he started off the year pretty, pretty meh. He's picked it up. He's had no choice to because you know, um, can't really get out of anybody Aiden else. Aiden was out. Yeah. Um, Chris Paul, he has his nights. Cal Bridges. Jcar, they've they they've they've returned a lot of last year's squad, so it's like not much I can really say. Landry Shamit, he's come on recently as being like a a sharpshooter for them, um, shooting about like almost forty percent from three. He hasn't played; he didn't play a lot early on, but he's been playing a lot more recently. They still got Saric in the tuck to come back, so. It's going to be very interesting. They should be in the mix again at the top of the West. How are you feeling about um Phoenix? I like them. I like them. I mean, the I think like the one reason why I'm very excited about them is because coming into this year, like everybody, you know, the narrative about them last year was that you know it it was kind of a fluke. Like you know, like I think everybody understood, you know, what happened last year. You know, we were, you know, still in the pandemic. Well, I mean, we're, we're still in a pandemic now, but it, it was a little bit worse back then. You know, guys were missing a lot of games due to protocols. And then, of course, injury played, it played a huge factor because we played 72 games in, like, four months. So, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of teams were, were not 100%. So I think I think, I think think that was one of the reasons why people looked at Phoenix, Phoenix as a fluke just because, you know, just, just because of that. But coming into this year, like, I mean, even though they really haven't played anybody, like, as a recent, but, I mean, like, they're, they're, they're at least taking advantage of those games, of those opportunities and, you know, and getting those wins. So, it's definitely a good showing for Phoenix. You know, Devin Booker's obviously leading the way. Chris Paul's having a pretty good year, you know, in his 17th year, really being that, really being that initiated distributor that he is. 
And now that Aiden is back, that's definitely going to be a be a plus, you know, with, with his with his effect, you know, being able to score and rebound. So, you know, we we add that in, and then of course, you know, new acquisitions, um, Javale McGee and uh, Landry Shamit, and then you also got you still got guys like Kel Bridges and others. I really like Phoenix right now. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just hoping that you know they're another team that can sustain their their winning streak and just you know keep it keep it moving. Yep, I mean, they are proving that last year was not a fluke. Um, let's move on to Utah. Utah is tied with, wow, three other teams, nine and five. West is like pretty mid this year so far, kind of. Uh, well, with Utah, they've been kind of meh recently with the way they've been playing. Mm-hmm. I got killed by Miami Most the other to- night. They lost. They lost twice to Miami within like a five game span. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sixth in defensive rating, third in offensive rating, so they're still like where they usually are every year. Um, you know, usual suspects. They are a team that like constantly bringing back the same core. Um. Yeah, I mean, they brought back Mitchell, O'Neal, Gobert, Bogdanovich, Conley, Clarkson, Ingles. The rest of the lineup is basically brand new. Um, And they're doing their usual thing. They just haven't got off to the best start that they usually do. Um, Lost to Miami. They lost to Orlando, too, so Knicks fans... Like myself, don't feel too bad on yourself. Um, but yeah, their their last win was against a shorthanded Philly team, which they dominated. Like you said, they lost to Miami the other night in a crazy game where they were down by like twenty seven, and then they ended up making that fourth quarter comeback. Yep, but it was too little, too late. Yep as most fourth quarter comebacks are these days, especially with I've seen my fair share within the last week with the Knicks. It's not a fun experience. So Utah fans, I know how you feel. Um, They lost to Indiana. Lost to Orlando. Yep. It's crazy. It just, it just hasn't been as dominant as we're used to seeing from the Jazz because we're used to seeing the Jazz be like this – regular season machine and like they come out the season starting like 10 and one or something like that. And then this year it's like they're nine and five and it's just like, Oh, they're not the same. They used to be. So I think, I think either way it goes, I mean, you know, whether, whether you took these off to like a 10 0 start or even like a six and four star or whatever, like I think, I think we all know the outcome of what the, or what the outcome is going to be in the playoffs. Like I, I don't think anybody really believes that this team is going to get to the finals. Especially, you know, with Polar State and the Suns and, you know, other teams like Denver. Like, I just don't think that I, I just don't think that they're, they're better than those teams. But I mean, they're still a, they're, they're still a solid team. They got a solid coach in uh, Quinn Snyder, but they, they're just not a team that people are like actually going to like really believe in, like saying, oh, my God, like the, the Jazz can win a championship. Like, I, I, just, I just I just don't think they have that type of team. Yeah, it's like they're a team that like you just know what their ceiling is. Yeah. And it's just like 
all right, I mean, we'll we'll watch what happens in the regular season and whatever, but, like, we don't really expect you to get that far. And, like, I'm not trying to, like, sound like somebody just doesn't care about Utah. It's just, like, same old, same old. Um, ooh, they have Rudy Gay playing tonight. Yeah. He finally made his debut mm-hmm. after um, sitting all this time with the heel surgery recovery. So good to see how how they'll look with him. He adds another score to the team, which is Utah's. That's not really Utah's issue. It's more so like perimeter defense and like yeah, that's a fact. How to how to stop. How to stop the defense just relying on um, Gobert all the time. But, yeah, I mean, we know their ceiling. Same with Dallas. I think we know Dallas' ceiling with Luka. And, like, this year I will say um, Jason Kidd is trying to lessen the burden on Luka by having other guys on the team do more stuff. And, like, it's been ugly and stuff like that. And... I guess it's just to like preserve Luca for like the playoffs when it really matters. But I mean, if you're just still relying on one guy and like KP has stepped it up recently, averaging like I want to say like 26 or so over his last like four games. Right. So like he stepped it up, but like with KP, it's like okay, is it gonna be consistent? Is he gonna be here all the time? Is he gonna be hurt? So there's that. But yeah, I feel like we know the ceiling on Dallas as well. Yeah, Dallas, Dallas to me, I mean, besides besides Luca, like, you know, there's really nobody else that, you know, I I truly like believe. I mean, besides like, you know, Jalen Brunson and then Tim Hardaway Jr. is like, you know, what like what other guys do you believe in? I mean, I know I know that Porzingis is having a solid or, or like a solid stretch right now, but do you do you expect him to sustain that going forward? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like considering, you know, his history. If he does, then I mean then that's a good thing, but I I just don't see it happening. I just don't see him like, you know, continuing to average like twenty six, twenty seven a game for like the rest of the year. So you know, Dallas is definitely one of those teams where it's like, you know, like six, seven seed and then, you know, probably like a first round bounce. Yep. I mean Yeah. And it's crazy though, um, because I, I actually came into this year saying that Memphis would be a better team than Dallas. Mm. Just because, I mean, obviously, you know, you got John Moran. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still hoping that, you know, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is having a good year, but he's not taking the leap that I actually thought. I'm just hoping maybe maybe as the season progresses, he wills. And then, of course, you know, Dylan Brooks has been injured for um for a good stretch. I mean, so, so I mean, even though Memphis is still a young team and they're still trying to figure figure it out, I think, like, as a collective, I, I just think that they're better than Dallas is, at least on paper. Yeah. I mean, I would probably – Mm, maybe. Yeah, I could see it. Um, and then lastly in the West, before we get into like some quick rookie talk before we finish things up. Talk about not the Clippers, but the Lakers. I feel like I never really talked about the Lakers ever on my pod that much. Like over the past this is like my third season doing this podcast, and I really don't talk about the Lakers that much just because I don't like the Lakers. I never <laughs> Ever like the Lakers, never will probably. Um, yeah, they're just not my cup of tea. Um, and like, I'm always right about them. Like, I called this year before the year started. I was like, I feel like the Westbrook fit is gonna be an issue for them to figure out all year long because 
First of all, Vogel had issues implementing Andre Drummond last year. That's Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. You implemented a whole bigger star who needs way more usage. If he struggled implementing Andre Drummond as a role player last year, you tell me he's going to implement Russell Westbrook seamlessly into a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis just because he wants to be there? Nope. Not going to happen. And then I also called age and attrition would be a major issue for this team. And so far, what's been a major issue for this team? Age and attrition. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I called it. I saw it coming, and it's just like, this 8-8 eight eight start is not surprising at all to me. I saw it coming. It's been hilarious. I've been enjoying every single night that Lakers fans are like, what the hell is Frank Vogel doing with DeAndre Jordan's minutes? What the hell is he doing with these Westbrook rotations with Rondo and Dwight Howard? What is Anthony Davis doing? Why is he not taking the game seriously? All these things have just been hilarious to observe. And it's just like people calling the Lakers contenders. I was like, (laughs) okay. If you want to say that just for the sake of having the Lakers there, because, you know, you respect LeBron or whatever. But I mean, I wasn't buying it. How did you feel about the Lakers? How do you feel about them now? So when the Westbrook trade that went down, I tweeted the exact day that the Lakers would be second round exits. And the Laker fans were all over my ass for saying that. I remember that. I remember that. I was hysterical. Yeah, like they they were on my ass for that one. And I was like, I mean, like, I just, I I honestly just saw this coming. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you you have Westbrook, LeBron, and AD. It's like, you know, how are you going to make that work? And I I honestly still don't think that it's going to work, you know, with Westbrook and LeBron just because, well, let me let me take that back. I thought I thought you know as training camp started, I was thinking like you know what LeBron is in year nineteen. I think he's gonna really like you know kind of let Westbrook do his thing and you know just kind of take a step back. But you you see with LeBron on the floor like he's still having to be aggressive offensively. But I mean, but then again, I mean he has to. I mean especially like I think I think the game that you that you can use is that Houston game where LeBron had to like go. I think he had like 15, 16 points in the fourth quarter. He had to like go crazy just for them to beat. Like just for them to have like a two point win against the um, against a struggling Rockets team, like it, it was just, it was just insane to me. So I just I just don't think that Westbrook and LeBron are a good pairing. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from them as players, but I, I just think that I just think that the fit with those two is just not going to work. And let me just say, like Anthony Davis, I don't know what's going on with Anthony Davis, but he just he I I don't know maybe he, if he's just trying to reserve himself. I don't know if maybe there's some injuries that are still bothering him, but Anthony Davis is not playing as hard as I thought he would. Like he he had the solid game the other night against San Antonio that was good. I mean, and then you know he he, I, he played decent against Chicago, but it wasn't up to his standards. But let me just say that Giannis absolutely cooked AD last night um, when they played against Milwaukee. I think AD only had like eighteen points. Giannis just dominated with like forty seven. Like in in, yep. in those type of games, like you know, especially with you being like you know at, at least at least the number one option in my eyes, especially with LeBron out, like you have to step up and be aggressive. Like in AD was just not that whatsoever. So that that's also been one of the issues in the Lakers struggles is just you know just not finding a true rhythm and not finding consistency within like the star players. And then also, I mean, and then also, I mean, Frank Vogel with his rotations is just off as well. I mean, DeAndre, I mean, sorry, not DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. I just don't believe that he should be on the floor. I mean, like. It's especially with what I saw last night. Like I, I saw, I saw DeAndre Jordan trying to try to get a rebound, and Pat Connaughton just absolutely out rebounded him. Now, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just yep. looking like go. Like this, this is just ridiculous. So the Lakers are just not looking good for. They're just not looking good right now. I'm honestly not surprised by, it, and I think I think it's going to be a while before they can really like you know find the rhythm of one another. If they do. Yup. I mean, for me, the Lakers, they are who, who we thought they were. And so is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis for years been getting compared to Giannis. People saying he's better than Giannis. I laughed at those people. People laughed at me. I am so glad to be vindicated because like this dude, he's just not that guy. And it's okay if he's not that guy. That's why he joined up with LeBron. That's why they got Westbrook, because he's not that guy. And the sooner people are able to admit that and, like, recognize that, the better it will be for their mental health, because a lot of people expect him to be that guy. He's just not. He doesn't want to play center. He lies about his height. Like, come on. Like, little stuff like that, dude. Like, you, like, come. you a grown man. Like, what are you doing, like? joking around saying like oh you don't like to play center and stuff like that like if you don't grow up and get you behind in the post you like seven foot go post up once in a while it'll do you some justice it'll get you some points dude stinks at the three-point line shooting like oh man like was he shooting like 14 percent? i saw the other day from three like it's just bad it's not good at all it's just like Oh man, like I don't. And I mean, it's and to be honest, like nineteen percent, but like just still horrible. Jeez, I know. And it's and like to be honest, like you would, I, like honestly, I think AD will fit better at the five, just because like if if you do insert him into the five and then put LeBron at the four, like you can at least add another shooter into that lineup. Because I mean, the Lakers, like their their lineup with LeBron James in it, like you know they don't really have a shooter. Like I mean, like who are they starting at the two? Like Avery Bradley. Like Avery Bradley is a decent shooter, but he's not really a guy that's like gonna really like you know shoot the lights down and then of course i mean we all know how we all know how bad of a shooter westbrook has came to so oh yeah, yeah. i mean if, if 80 slides to the five like you could possibly add a guy like malik monk into that into that um into that starting lineup somehow yeah i mean i've seen lakers fans like clamoring for that and like vogel will never listen to them because you know he's gonna listen to 80 80 wants to play at the four and like for them to play Monk, they would have probably have to bench someone else. Right. Um, and like defensively, that also hurts them as well. So it's just like it's a lot of issues with the Lakers. And man, am I enjoying it because it feels good to be right, man. Feels good to be right. Um, but yeah, LeBron's expected to be back soon for them within like the next two or three games. So we'll see how that goes. I know before it really wasn't. It wasn't going. Stupid Lakers fans were like, oh, LeBron's just sitting out to let Westbrook get his rhythm. How stupid can yeah, you that's, be? Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, what sense does it have for him to play without him to get his rhythm so that way he can, what, go back to playing bad with him? Like, this just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, Lakers fans never make sense. Um... So yeah, I mean now they got Laker fans crying to um crying saying that they, they should have got Buddy Healed instead of Westbrook. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you get Buddy Healed, you use, you use more of that money on like actual depth pieces mm-hmm. instead of just like guys, old guys who just wanna jump on for a ring. And you know, maybe the season goes a little bit better for you, but like I mean, 
they made their bed, they gotta sleep in it now. Yep. Um, let's go to quick rookie talk. Um, Cade's come on as a recent, averaging about like 17 points per game or so. Shooting percentages are getting better. He's performing in the clutch really well. I saw a stat earlier. He's like one of the best clutch um fourth quarter scores so far in the league. And like in their last like four games, the Pistons are three and one. So you know, Cade is he's coming on strong as of recently. I like it. I honestly like it. I mean, Kate Kate is definitely coming to his own, coming into his own. But you know, it's just so funny though because like in his like first few games when he was struggling, everybody was like, like getting concerned about him, calling him a bus. And I'm like, I'm like just just chill, y'all. Like, I mean, I don't know what y'all doing. So I'm happy to see Kate finally coming to his own. Um, in my opinion, Evan Mobley. Well, I'm I'm sure everybody. I think every everybody agrees is Evan Mobley is probably the front runner for the rookie of the year award, just because in my opinion, like I, he looks like an actual all-star out there for, for Cleveland. And it's, it's, it's part of the reason why they're even as good as they have been. I mean, especially, especially with the way that he's able to play defensively, just, just being able to guard multiple positions and just being able to switch. So I'm definitely impressed with what he's doing on the defensive end. And of course on offense as well, but you know, but other guys, you know, Scotty Barnes is having a good year. Chris uh, Duarte is having a solid year, obviously Jalen green as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with, um, what these rookies are doing so far, and you know, I, I think, I think, I think a lot of them will continue going forward. Yeah, the one rookie that stuck out to me so far is Evan Mobley. I got to see it. I got to, I got to actually watch a Cavs game for like the first time from like start to finish, which was the Celtics game, the first one that they played, where he just like turned it on in the fourth quarter, and like seeing a rookie be able to take over a game like that is just like so ridiculous because it's like when you take into the factor like their age and like just like who they're doing it against too Mm -hmm. like there was one play where he backed down jason tatum and on the other end i think he like rejected his shot like stuff like that is just like crazy and it's a shame he's gonna be out two to four weeks with this elbow sprain i know i felt like he was really like even though cleveland was dealing with all these injuries he was still able to like really like carry them on both ends of the floor and like not being able to do that for like this team now, it sucks. And we're gonna see Cleveland probably lose a lot more. Definitely. And you know, I was thinking like if if the Cavs had enough wins, like would he legit get all star votes right now? Because like he's like legitimately been that guy for the Cavs. So I mean, yeah, he's been the one rookie that's really stood out to me, and he's been like the front runner for rookie of the year. But since he'll be out, I think it'll be like a battle between like Cade and Scotty Barnes because those two have like looked like legitimate professionals when I've seen them play. So, you know, this rookie class has been really encouraging. It really has. Um I got to see well, I didn't get to see, but like I saw highlights of one of the Knicks draft picks, Deuce McBride, got to play in the G League last mm-hmm. night, put up like twenty five points and like nine assists and a win. So that was that was pretty good to see. I I, I knew Miles McBride is nice. He's never gonna get minutes with the main squad right now, just because they're trying to figure out all the rotation stuff over there right. with the main roster. But I would like to see Grimes get some some more run in in the G League if 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 he's not gonna be able to get some run with the with the main squad with the Knicks, just because like I feel like um he did perform well in the one game that we did play him against Cleveland. His point of attack defense is amazing. But, I mean, yeah, this rookie class has been pretty good 
so far, and I'm interested to see what other rookies like start to establish themselves as they get more comfortable in the league. No, I agree, honestly. Um, and then I'm, and then other guys as well. Like you know, I I'm 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 really hoping that Steve Nash can give Cam Thomas some more minutes just because I feel like you know with his ability to light up the floor. I mean, I, I get it. Like I get it. He's still trying to adjust at that NBA level, and it's definitely hard to do, but. I feel like I feel like if you give him more opportunities, he will be able to produce. And I feel like I feel like Brooklyn will probably need that right now. So Cam Thomas is definitely one of them that that I like. You know, I'm saying it, and I'm very impressed with um, another guy. I mean, I, I mean, I know I know we mentioned Scotty Barnes, obviously Jalen Green. Oh, man, there's another guy I'm thinking of, but I just can't think of his name. Um, I haven't paid much attention to. Um, Jalen Suggs out there in Orlando. I know. I know. Early in the year, he was struggling, but I mean, I haven't. I haven't really like paid much attention to him recently. I, I guess. I guess maybe that's just you know Cole Anthony just kind of like overshadowing everybody in Orlando at this point. But Suggs has been out recently, oh, yeah. so okay. I think that's yeah. I think that's been the main reason. He just came back against the Knicks the other night and kind of lit us up from three a little bit, which pissed me off because it's like, dude, just came back and he's already killing us. Like, what the hell did we do to deserve that? But um, yeah. He just came back. He was um out for a little bit. So, yeah, that's why you probably haven't seen him recently. I mean, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, honestly, this this rookie class is really solid. And I'm 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 thinking like this this class like like hopefully within the next decade or so if everybody can just, you know, continue to continue to ascend and you know become also like they could be up there like with some of like the other great draft classes if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, like even Franz Wagner, he killed my Knicks last night, um, as well. Um, and guy like Bones Highland is starting to get like actual run because Mike Malone is not being a stubborn asshole right. anymore. So it's like, it's it's good to see like more of like the later round picks right. get some run because like we always hear about the top picks, but like the later round picks, like. Those are the ones I like to see get run because, like, those guys, they're underrated too, like, and they can, like, really help teams because, like, like, when you're able to get, like, depth in those later rounds, in those later picks, it's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, also, I mean, speaking of Mike Malone, he's finally given Bobo some minutes too, which I've been been preaching on over the past, like – here so that you know that that Bobo needs to get some rotation. So I'm 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 glad to finally see him get some some playing time in the NBA. For sure. So um as we wrap things up, let the people know where they can find you, what you've been doing, what you got lately. Uh yes, sir. Follow me on Twitter at Nick Andre ATR. I'm very active on NBA Twitter though, so make sure to you know check me out. I cover everything like everything basketball from high school to the pros. Um I host two podcasts, one titled Count the Bucket that um, streams every Saturday, and then another one titled No Bucks Given with my guy Agu that we do every Monday and Tuesday. So, yeah, make sure to check it out. And I am also in the middle of my of my series that I have titled Forgotten Players Part 2. So, yeah, make sure to check that out. Heard my guy. And make sure you check out, um, make sure you check out The Strickland at The Strickland on Twitter and TheStrick.land putting out excellent next content almost daily basically um i try to be consistent with post game spaces but with the way the team's playing recently i just don't have motivation to talk about them that much last night i had to vent a little bit hopefully they bring out that recording feature on twitter spaces so that way 
y'all can hear my glorious rants about the team playing pathetic but anyways enough about me check out the strickland i contribute there in capacities when i can but yeah um yeah that's it 